0: Hey, it's your Op2Live team with your Op2Live podcast.
1: A rad program for personalized optimal living.
0: Enjoy today's episode. Hey everybody, uh, it's Dr. Banter and Eric here. I uh, wanted to talk to you a little bit about why sleep, why this is so important. And uh, I know for some of us, we absolutely love uh, sleep. And for uh, others, maybe you kind of wear a badge that says, you know, I don't hardly ever sleep, and uh, Amy, I know you're you're going to go through why this seven to nine hours is so important. You want to kind of share what you know about this with us?
1: Sure. Um, you know, we've discovered how important sleep is. We, we put it as one of our four pillars as to looking at how we can age optimally and why is it so important. Um, you know, sleep is crucial to our body. It's we should be spending a third of our time sleeping. It's as important to That's us as interesting. getting... That's right. It's as essential to survival as like food and water. And, and I don't think people ever even look at that as to why is it really that important. Because without sleep, we can't maintain the pathways in our brain that are important for us to learn, for us to create new memories. It's harder to concentrate, to respond quickly, Sleep's important for a number of our brain functions, including how our nerve cells communicate with each other. Um, Our brains, it's amazing. Sleep, during sleep, we think, you know, we're just sleeping and resting and our body shut down. But our brain is very active while we sleep.
0: Obviously, you have a lot of patients, Amy. I mean, how many of them really understand this sleep stuff?
1: I don't think they understand it, but I do think a lot of people come to me complaining of sleep problems or insomnia. Studies studies show that 40% of people have had difficulty sleeping at least once in the past year, and, and honestly, about a third of people have suffered from chronic insomnia. And you're doing a
0: whole podcast on that, right? Just for insomnia. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, and we're going to talk about um, the health effects some more in future podcasts. But right now, what we wanted to do is just... Let people understand, like, what is sleep about? Why is it important? Um, These things that I mentioned, I mean, while we're sleeping, they say that sleep is kind of like, plays a housekeeping role, where we actually remove toxins that are accumulating in our brain while we're awake and and restore our function. Our body goes into more... About our telomeres. Telomeres are those little end caps on the ends of our chromosomes, and it, I liken it to a like if you look at a shoelace and the plastic tip on the end um, in cells in our chromosome, those little telomeres or those little tips start shortening as a cell ages and as our bodies age. And the shorter it gets, then eventually you have cellular death, and that's one of the things that is associated with aging of cells and aging of our bodies and they've also shown that um, there are things that can accelerate that shortening and make cells or make our bodies age quicker than they should and we can um, look and act and um, appear older than our stated age and there are also things that we can do that can lengthen those telomeres or reverse the shortening and so again we can our cellular age can be the same as our age. It could be even younger. We could slow down that aging that goes on. And one of the big I heard things... you say
0: something about. There's something with five hours, less than five hours. Yeah. A, there's a considerable amount of. Um, more damage shortening that's being done. Shortening that goes on Shorting. with those telomeres.
1: And so sleep has definitely been studied and shown to affect our telomeres and our cellular aging. And um, so one of the things that they found is like five hours for sure is like a crucial point where you started seeing shortening of those telomeres. Um, 7 to 9, 7 is really that critical point that if you can get, consistently get 7 hours of quality sleep, you're not going to see that premature lengthening, or sorry, premature shortening, and you could actually see lengthening of telomeres, which equates to longer lifespan, longer health span of our cells and our bodies.
0: I know you've impressed upon me uh, trying to get 8 hours of sleep, and I tell you, it's helped my memory um, back to your healing
1: You know what's interesting too, um, we have been doing, I have been doing some genetic tests on people, um, on myself, on our family, and basically you take the 23andMe data and you can upload it into um, a, basically like a um, company called Pure Genomics that does some algorithms looking at something called SNPs in our genes. Will um, be inherited gene from a mom and a dad, and sometimes we're missing, or we have a little alteration in our gene expression, and that can maybe make us more prone to certain certain health problems, or make us more prone to problems that, like with vitamin absorption. Well, there's even some sleep genes they're starting to discover. There are appetite genes they're starting to discover that get affected if we're not getting proper sleep. And so, oh yeah, I've had clients and patients that. Um, we've shown they've been working out, they've been trying to eat right, but they just can't get their metabolism up, they can't get the weight loss. And one of the things that's been really fascinating is that when we run some of these genetic SNPs, I've been able to find on people like that they are carrying a SNP or a, a little alteration in a gene expression that for some reason for them, um, it got turned on. And so it's really crucial for them that they need to get good sleep In order to maintain their metabolism or prevent, you know, them from having an increased appetite. And these are some of the
0: services that we're doing on our consulting services Mm -hmm. that uh, you've been helping people with. Yes. uh, And some of this, I love what you say, uh, which is test, don't guess, (laughs) and you're able to get into a wealth of information Mm -hmm. there. Yeah, we sure are. Uh, Some other things that just absolutely fascinate me with the brain. Of course, this brain has been evolving over many, many, you know, millions of years. Um, hundreds of thousands of years, but uh, we're now at a point where, you know, let's try to understand what's going on. I know you're going to share a little bit about what is the anatomy of the brain and what does it even look like? What are some of the components of it?
1: Well, I think the thing about the anatomy of the sleep cycle in our brain, um, there are lots of different areas and organs, and I'm not going to go through the whole anatomy lesson of our brain, but I'm sure there are terms that people are familiar with, such as your hypothalamus. And your hypothalamus, I think this is interesting. It's the area in our brain that receives light signals. And then that is what tells us time to be awake or dark, time to be asleep. And unfortunately in our culture, we have a lot more light. We live in artificial light. We keep lights on and some people work three shifts
0: a day, so yeah.
1: And we also have phones and iPads, and that blue light is especially bad at messing up those light signals into our hypothalamus, also, messing up our melatonin production. So, those light and dark signals are very important. And as we stop or as we talk later about sleep hygiene, um, we'll explain some little hints that might help you so that you can listen to your body and make sure that you're paying attention. There is a reason that we need to shut our lights off and and get things quiet. Well, with our environment today,
0: it's not like we were back in the caveman days, you know, where it's like, hey, sun went down, let's go to sleep, it's time to be quiet. But now, to your point, it's a 24-hour a day for some people if we get our phones right next to our bed. and um, So trying to be smart with how we can create the scenario of, hey, it's time to sleep.
1: Yeah, because we have to give those signals to our brain that it's time to wind down. And think about it, when people lived outside, worked outside, they had the natural daylight is when they woke up, they worked, and then it started getting dark and their body and their brain knew it was naturally time to come in and to retire. And and we have found ways to push through and be able to work till 10 o'clock at night, but that's not healthy for our brains and our body. And it really disrupts those sleep signals that our brain is trying to tell us. So a lot of people's circadian rhythms get all altered. Right. And it's really hard then to get back into a cycle. And so even when they are tired, they can't shut their brain down.
0: Yeah.
1: Some other really interesting areas I thought in our brain, there's something called the pineal gland, and that is what produces our melatonin. And again, there are um, we a lot of people, I think, hear about melatonin, take melatonin, but there are a lot of ways you can naturally increase your melatonin. Again, listening to your natural circadian rhythm, paying attention to those signals, the light and the dark signals. Um, trying to be more consistent and regimented with your time of day because it is kind of sent out in pulses and our body likes rhythm and schedules and routines. Um, There are even foods, I think this is so fascinating, foods that help increase our melatonin and um, can help with that production in our pineal gland. Things like walnuts and almonds and different nuts. Um, Cherries are a really good way to get melatonin. Even things like bananas, pineapples, kiwis. So, well, we'll get more into this in future podcasts. I'd love to just really spend a, information, a, yeah. a, a full podcast talking about like natural sleep, sleep supplements, and food, and routines, and things like that. It's awesome. Um, and there are other areas, the amygdala, which um, it's it's the area. It's like our emotional control center. It's also involved in sleep, and especially the REM sleep, and um, you know, our amygdala is uh, people. We've been working with people that have um, been victims of trauma and abuse, and and that poor amygdala, which it just gets really it's the alarm stressed system, and mm-hmm, right, and it gets overly taxed and and confused, and and so then what happens is these chronic sleep disorders occur because our amygdala's signals are really altered as well and so things that we can do breathing meditation mindfulness all of that can kind of help um reset our signals or so amygdala doesn't always feel like it has to be on and in that stress it's, you know
0: mobile. yeah cuz it's constantly monitoring the neocortex our thinking our thoughts and it's like oh wait a minute you know eric is thinking of something that maybe is scary and it starts to turn on the, the bells and the whistles Uh, To include, in some cases, even the release of chemicals that that put us really into that sympathetic, uh, that turn on that sympathetic nervous system. And a lot of times it's just not necessary.
1: Um, The next thing I just wanted to briefly mention were just the different stages of sleep. I think a lot of people hear about that, like REM and non-REM sleep. And I think it's fascinating. There's something called non-REM, and that's where they have the three stages, one, two, and three. And that's your deep sleep. And that's the time when our body repairs and regrows tissues. We build bone and muscle, um, strengthen our immune system. So it's so crucial that we do get into all those different stages of sleep. And then REM is when it's the time that we stimulate regions of our brain that are used in learning.
0: Um, so, I thought it was interesting too that fifty uh, percent of babies spend uh, their time in REM at night, and you were saying it's oh, also fifty percent of their sleep. Fifty percent of in their REM. sleep yeah. in REM, yeah. but it's also when maybe the brain is is starting to turn on from a cognitive standpoint and a learning perspective.
1: Oh maybe. my gosh! Yes, look at a baby. I mean, think about right. the developmental milestones you see in that first year from not being able to even hardly grasp anything to learning to walk
0: and talk. And I, and I know we, we said this earlier about hygiene, but you know it is probably super important that when you go to bed that you kind of set yourself into a very a, a happy mind, a safe mind. You know, If you're watching some kind of action film that has a lot of violence in it and go right to bed, probably not the smartest thing because those kinds of thoughts are gonna be in there when you hit that rim, um, that rim sleep. You know, um, when we look at um, some tips that we might want to go through here, Amy?
1: As I mentioned, I think some of the successful sleep pattern tips are sticking to a schedule because, again, we're stimulating the areas in our brain that are then sending out signals to our body, time to wind down. Oh, it's starting to get darker, time to... Uh, get ready to sleep and our body can slow down and our mind can slow down and i
0: use this a lot with the iphone there's a bedtime um component that you can turn on and it says hey i want eight hours of sleep and this is when i have to wake up and it tells you it gives you a little alarm says this is when i should go to bed and um I, i get it every day and it's kind of helpful for me
1: you are good about that it's really neat it sends like this little chime out and it's like bedtime and whatever in 20 minutes it's time to start thinking about going to bed and it does make you aware like oh my goodness it's already nine o'clock and um so i do think it's really important he's right to know when you need to get up and then figure out that schedule and try to keep it semi-routine also bedtime routines are pretty important um go brush your teeth wash your face drink some tea um Start slowing down, dim the lights. We even have our lights set to automatic, yeah. whatever, timers. And so they start dimming at night. And um, so things aren't so bright. And um, and I think, like Eric was talking about, maybe putting your phones down, your iPads down. They say for 30 minutes before you go to sleep, you need to get rid of all that blue light. Well, you know
0: what's nice about that bedtime app is it actually puts the phone into um, sleep mode. Oh. So you don't get any dings. Uh, I think you do on alerts. your favorites. It doesn't get any. You don't get any kind of alerts. That's um, great. Except for your favorites.
1: Um, the The blue light. I didn't want to just mention that from our electronics. It actually suppresses our natural melatonin production. So well, that's again, what you, need we, to sleep. you know, people are taking melatonin where maybe you just need to. Take your phone and your computers away and your TV. So many people sleep with their TVs on. It's really disruptive. Oh, and they say they can't fall asleep without it, but yeah. you really can. Um, another thing you can do is um, meditate at night and use apps that we've talked about before, such as Inside, yeah, the Inside Timer. timer's
0: Yeah, Inside is great. Um, saying your prayers. I mean, I always like saying my prayers at night. Uh, just get my mind right. Do breath work. The, yeah, exhale twice as long as you inhale. If you get
1: on our website, Eric has, um, I think, two different breathing exercises mm-hmm. yep. and we'll also yep. yoga nidra. And that is a good option for people that would can kind yep. of walk you through a progressive relaxation and put you into more of that restorative mode. Yep. A few other tips. Um, and it's fine to take a nap during the day. I sometimes a power nap's amazing for me, and I know Eric does I love them. Those. <laughs> and it's great. But I will say, keep naps to less than thirty minutes per day. There is research showing that um, you really do disrupt your sleep wake cycle if you nap for longer than thirty minutes at a time during your day.
0: And I know Amy, you're saying seven to nine hours is is ideal. Um, I think it's also good for people to recognize what kind of quality of sleep that they get so even if you're in bed for seven hours but you woke five to six times in the middle of the night we got to find uh, you know what's going on you got to start to ask yourself why why is that sometimes we have animals (laughs) jump up in the bed or we have a spouse that snores or and we got to start to think about how can we Um, maybe make some changes to offset some of those things that are affecting our quality of sleep.
1: Another thing that's helped us is, because I think the environment, a comfortable, cool environment, when you get hot, like our body naturally, that hypothalamus also... Um, and other areas in the brain control our temperature. And our temperature definitely changes during sleep. But if we have it too hot, then that can um, wake our body. It okay, can wake yeah. you up. And yep. so I think keeping a cooler environment, having the lights out, keeping it quiet. Um, if somebody does snore, maybe get earplugs. I mean, it is it is important that you um, take care of all these senses while you're sleeping as well.
0: And some other things that happen too, if you're someone that, and you might have no- noticed this before, but... Maybe you had a couple glasses of wine before you went to bed. And, you know, once that sugar, you get that sugar crash at 2 or 3 in the morning, the body wants to wake up. Mm -hmm. So if you're finding yourself doing that, then you might want to start to be a little bit more aware of, you know, maybe maybe it's not every night. Maybe it's, you know, once or twice a week. Or a half have a
1: glass or a small glass a if you are glass. having something yeah. at dinner. Because I do think a lot of people will tell me, well, I can't fall to sleep, so I, I drink a <laughs> glass or two of wine every night. But then I'm up at two or three in the morning. Right. And it is true. You're right. Yeah. You're like those sugar crashes. Yeah, you know heavy that. meals do that as well. So if you eat too heavy of a meal right before going to bed, your body's digesting all that and then all of a sudden you're having kind of that drop in your sugar in the middle right. of the night and it, it does create physiological changes mm-hmm. that'll alert your brain and your body will wake up the next thing I was going to mention is um, avoiding caffeine and a lot of people may say oh it doesn't affect me but in indirectly <laughs> it will and that can be something that yeah you fall asleep fine but then in the middle of the night you wake up right. the other thing is though it could make you if you drink too much in the evening time you'll have to get up in the middle of the night and go to the restroom and then you turn on lights and then it's just right. all a mess and you're back to that whole cycle.
0: Awesome. So. Well, this is a really good talk. Uh, I know there's more to come. You have a, you have a talk on insomnia and, and some of those effects. Um, and uh, But yeah, take this to heart. Uh, sleep is definitely a very, very important part of our four pillars. And uh, if you have any other questions, Definitely uh, shoot, uh, reach out to us. We're happy to add in any kind of content that you think is going to be helpful uh, to help you to live your optimal life. We're here signing off. Have a great day. Hey, this is the OptiLive team
1: with your OpTolive podcast.
0: And as always, breathe, eat, move, move sleep. sleep.